a third straight loss for Syracuse football means despair. That's what it means. I'm upset. Owen's upset. Everybody else is upset. I posted that tweet that said, this is where everything changed with the Clemson clip. It's true. That's where everything changed. Syracuse, I only see one win left on the schedule. We'll talk about all that and more. Unlocked on Syracuse starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Monday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day or free and available wherever you get podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Syracuse downed by Pitt in 19 19- Nine at Acrisure Stadium. Acrisure Stadium? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not from Acrisure. Um, bad game all around. None of it was good. We were getting yelled at on Twitter because people think that we love Carlos Del Rio Wilson. Well, I'll tell you this much. I like them a lot better than Hurt Schrader, but he was awful in that game. Carlos was so bad. I mean, it, it just, he was eight for 23. He just seemingly could never get the ball going anywhere. He had that one nice play where he escaped pressure and threw the ball to Damian Alford. Other than that, I didn't see a lot that I liked. He was bad. Sean Tucker only had 10 rushes, only 19 yards on the ground, 1.9 yards per carry, of course. Uh, he was awful. I, I mean,. I think it's interesting how also I think the fan base has gone from Robert and I as the smartest human ever to walk the earth to Robert and I as the worst offensive coordinator in the country. That's something that's happening, by the way, if you don't believe it. People are saying that on Twitter, that he's terrible. Um, I can't say I've enjoyed the Syracuse offense in the last few games because it has been dreadful, but I'm not going to go out there and say Anais needs to go or anything. I mean... What I will say is they got to figure something out and fast because that was yeah. bad. This was terrible. Awful to watch. It confirmed a lot of the worries that we had going into this game. And now there are legitimate concerns and warranted concerns surrounding Syracuse football. Last week, we saw Del Rio Wilson. We saw what he did, and he looked decent. Uh, he didn't look incredible. There were some accuracy issues, but he looked like he could, you know, hold his own and, and be relatively successful this week. That was not the case. I will attribute a good chunk of that to him. I will also attribute a great chunk of that to the offensive line who was not able to do its job. It was struggling in this game. Uh, Del Rio Wilson seemed like he was under pressure. Very, was, you disagree? Crazy. No, I'm saying the penalties were crazy. Oh. The penalties penalties. as well, yes. Yes, this was just – there were so many issues in this football game, and the offensive numbers are absolutely embarrassing. 
120 passing yards in this football game, 45 of them on a singular pass to Demarcus Adams. Uh, what? The net gain on the ground was 25 yards. I think Nate Mink tweeted that uh, at halftime, Syracuse had 94 yards of offense, and at the end of the third quarter, they had 92 yards of offense. That's that's how that, bad this that's game was. Nuts! That's a crazy. That's stat. how bad this game. I was. I didn't know that. That's it's nuts. absurd how bad Syracuse football played. They did not score a touchdown, and there are incredibly warranted concerns about the state of this team. Do we need to call for Robert and I's head right now? No. But have there been play calling issues? 100%. Does this offense not work the same as we might have thought it would in you know the first five, six weeks? 100%. There are very, very serious concerns with Syracuse's ability to win a football game the rest of the season outside of Boston College. You really, really have to dig deep if you want to be competitive in these next two games. You're going to need Schrader back. I think we at least me personally, I have developed a greater appreciation for Schrader uh, after watching this week and, and seeing what he is able to do with a similar offensive line uh, to what Del Rio Wilson was working with. It is a drastic difference. I think this team needs Schrader back. And I will say this, I am very concerned with Sean Tucker's output. And I think it is something that we need to take a step back at some point and look at. Because it's it's not necessarily the usage anymore that is of my concern. No, you. It you is can't. the fact that he he can't make anything happen with whatever usage he gets, and maybe that's the offense, maybe that's the O line, maybe that's Sean Tucker, but there are warranted concerns surrounding Sean Tucker and his ability to to have a breakout game at this point and to have that huge game. Uh, he is still a phenomenal running back, but when you look game by game this year it just has not been what you want it to be and that is something that I think I am starting to to take a lot more time and look at and I'm not exactly sure where I fall in terms of the Sean Tucker conversation at this point in time but I look and I I am worried in terms of what he has done this year and his struggles. You look at, you know, the last three games, 54 yards, 60 yards on 16 carries and 19 yards on 10 carries. The yards per carry have not been what you want them to be. And you need something uh, out of him to show that he is, you know, worth being what uh, a late first, early second or second or third round pick in the draft. That is starting to be reevaluated, I think, legitimately. I mean, totally. uh, and I, I, I just there is so much concern offensively for the Syracuse football team. Shout out to the defense; they continue to fight. They continue to Jihad is so good. Jihad with four turnovers in the last three weeks, uh, he has been outstanding. This defense continues to embody next man up and bend note break, and they they really have been. It's admirable what they do game in and game out. I will say that even when you know you're you're facing outstanding running backs and outstanding run games, uh, they are they're able to keep these games competitive a heck of a lot more than you know you might have thought they would be. Obviously, you get run over by Notre Dame, but Notre Dame hmm, proves that maybe they're a little bit better than everyone thought. Maybe they are. Uh, a pretty darn legitimate football team as they stomped Clemson on Saturday night. But this defense has been, you know, the backbone and they really have been outstanding. 
And regardless of record for the Syracuse team at this point, regardless of the last three weeks, the defense is doing what they need to do to win football games. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that they are and, and the offense can do literally nothing to help. Yeah. Um, because realistically, that's not that good of a pit team. And you didn't even like the fact that you played a pit team that isn't that good. Look, they're fine. They're not incredible. They're not bad. They're fine. And they didn't even have their best player. Israel Abanacanda, the guy we talked yeah. about all week, didn't play. And I didn't even realize that until like the third snap or something. Like I, I thought he was playing up until game time because I saw a tweet that said he suited up. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, imagine if he played. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I mean, you look at you know, their next two ups. The next two up combined for 160, what, 166 net yards on 40 carries. So over Rodney Hammond had 124 carry. yards on the ground and a touchdown. Yeah. So he wasn't really much to, uh, you know, he, he's pretty good too. Uh, I mean, but that game, uh, I mean, let, we'll talk about it a little bit more after this break. I want to get into the quarterback conversation a little bit and talk about is Carlos Del Rio Wilson terrible? Is he uh, have a fighting chance for the next couple of weeks like what are they going to do if he has to start next week whatnot anyway let's take a quick break i'll tell you about linkedin these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you got to check out linkedin jobs it helps you find the right people faster and for free Create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte, Noam Valentine with you. Let's talk about Carlos Del Rio Wilson for a little bit. This guy transferred from Florida. He redshirted last season, counts as a redshirt freshman this year. He was a four-star coming out of high school. You can kind of look at it as one of the biggest recruits Syracuse has had in a really long time because he's a four-star quarterback that went to an SEC school who's now going to Syracuse. Mm -hmm. uh, and he didn't even play a snap there. So having him, I, I mean, I was pumped about it when it happened. We did a pod about it when it happened. I mean, it was the talk of the town. It was really, really exciting. But now we see him play, and of course – you're going to have your struggles in your freshman season, your first year, whatever. You're coming out uh, after the starter gets injured, whatever. But he took first-team reps all week in practice. That's what we learned yeah. in the post-game press conference from Dino Babers. And he came out a lot weaker than he should have. And I don't know whose fault that is. Probably his, but also the coaching staff. Dino must have known that the game was going to look something like that, right? There's no way yeah. he showed up thinking that this offense is going to run smoothly. They're going to play well. There's no way he showed up to the stadium thinking that. He must have known that Carlos Del Rio Wilson was way out of his depth in this game. 1,000%. I, I looked at 
you know, you look at what Del Rio Wilson did in this game, and I will Nothing. I will say this again because when I critiqued him, that was the the most common reply was look at the offensive line. We can look at the offensive line and talk about how they played not a great game by any means, and CDRW was under pressure within this game. But you can also look at the fact that he didn't play well outside of that situation as well. There were significant accuracy issues. The ball was not going where it was supposed to go on throws. Uh, there were chances for for Syracuse with open receivers that it was not executed. And it was a little bit forced. And I, I look at the fact that you you go through the receiving, and yes, you've got, you know, what, one, two, three, six different receivers with a catch, but I see Rondé Gadsden without a touch in this game. I see Courtney Jackson without touching the ball in this game. Sean Tucker's two catches were, you know, one was a seven-yard gain, one was a four-yard loss. Like, it was not effective, and I, I do think that that has to go back to what they tried to do with Del Rio Wilson and what he was unable to do. Uh, Part of it obviously attributed to the O-line. Part of it at times attributed to receivers not being open. But there's also that key component, which you cannot overlook, even if he is a redshirt freshman, even if it is his first career start. This was not a well-played football game by Carlos Del Rio Wilson. He was sacked six times in this football game. That's a nod to the O-line, but also a nod a little bit to the decision-making. He needed to be able to throw the ball away in certain situations, and that was not something that he did. He runs out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage when you can just throw the ball away. There's enough space. I needed to see that happen. And then obviously the icing on the cake is the safety uh, towards the air to almost end the game and call it a day is just everything that you needed to see in terms of how horrid this offense was. Absolutely horrid in that game. The offense could not get anything going. It was really like you you look at that game and you wonder how Syracuse got to 6-0. and And you wonder how they became a top 15 team in the country. And you wonder well, what is going on in the last three games and what has shifted. And obviously you have a quarterback injury. Obviously you've had defensive issues all season or defensive injuries all season. But you still need to look at this game and think, This is the epitome of the last three weeks and the things that have gone wrong and the wheels falling off. And I will actually adjust it to the last 10 quarters because the first half against Clemson uh, was not bad football out of Syracuse. But I look at and have legitimate concerns about this offense's ability to generate any yardage. Sean Tucker, I said it in our first block today, has not looked like the Sean Tucker that we expected him to be and the Sean Tucker that we think and thought he could be. The offensive play calling and the offense as a whole in the last week, three weeks, has really struggled. And there are a lot of concerns with that. Do I want Robert and I to be fired? No. But do there need to be shifts? Yes. There need to be some adjustments made. You have to be able to adjust. And there are things that this offensive line needs to do that I'm not sure that they can do. We talked about the experience of this O-line, and they have so much experience. They don't play like they've had experience. They do not play like they are frequently, you know, a a well-experienced, well-ironed machine or a well-oiled machine. They play as if they are five freshmen being thrown out there. Uh, And obviously you've got bright spots and and you've got, you know, possible NFL talent in one spot on your O-line. But as a unit, 
they are horrible and they need to change some things. They need to fix some things. And I don't know if there are changes or fixes that can be made this season for the O-line. There needs to be some spark. And maybe you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture and you think, hey, this is a recruiting issue. This is a team issue. This is a big picture thing. You look at the Syracuse D-line, you look at the Syracuse O-line, and they are exposed. Week in and week out in the last three weeks as Syracuse plays better competition in the Clemson case, in the uh, Notre Dame case. But against Pittsburgh, you should not be embarrassed like you were against a very mediocre Pitt football team. And you continue the trend of post-bye week Dino Babers, and I don't like talking about it because I wanted it to not be correct this season. But it's but post-bye right. week Dino Babers and is November. Back. Syracuse is averaging 17 yards in of, November, 17 points per game offensively since the bye week. You can include the NC State win. You can include the first half of Clemson. Syracuse is averaging 17 points per game since the bye week. The offense does not look the same. Are they playing better teams? Yes. But this is the same thing we get, you know, you got used to seeing and now it's back outside of 2018, right? We know the Dino Babers record. Syracuse is what without 2018 Syracuse is two and 24 against the bye week coming into the season. And now they are three and 27 in Dino Babers tenure as the head coach. If you get rid of 2018, They are terrible after the bye week. And I do think it's a bye week concern. And I know someone came at us on Twitter saying that that it wasn't. Uh, It is a bye week concern because every single year Syracuse comes out flat after the bye week and they they don't win in November either. I don't understand why they can't win in November. He's now six and 19 in November as the coach of Syracuse football. And four of those or two of those or however many, most of them came in 2018. So. I don't really know how, and I will never forget him telling me to my face at ACC Media Day that he does not struggle in November. What? What do you mean? Come on, dude. That's ridiculous. Does he have a different definition of struggle is the question now. I don't understand why. He do, he won't own up to these things. Like I I don't know. And, and we, we gave him credit for owning up to things in that press conference recently after the Clemson game. But really, yeah. I mean, this the team the, the state the team is in right now, I feel as hopeless about this team as I have for the last two years, even despite the six wins that uh, brought us to this point. Um before we get off football, let's just look ahead really quick. I don't see him beating 25 Florida State. I don't see them going to Wake Forest and shocking the Demon Deacons. They win at Boston College. I'll give them that. Yeah. It's a seven and five football team, which, yes, at the start of the year, everyone don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. I'm past that point. I don't care. They started six and oh, and they played, you know, they got to six and a half and oh, but now they're not. And they've played three bad, well, 10 bad quarters of football and three bad losses. Uh, and now it's it's time to step back. It's time to reevaluate, and it's time to to have warranted concerns. And you are allowed to have warranted concerns despite them overperforming 
in the first six games. And the more I look at it, the more I don't really see it as impressive of a first six wins, right? You look at NC State without their starting quarterback. You beat Wagner. Wow. You struggled to beat a very, very okay Virginia team. You have a miracle to win a Purdue football game. You beat UConn, who is garbage. You beat Louisville, who is Hey, not that's good. a UConn team that's going to a bowl game this year. I understand. They are winning football games, but they're not a good football team. There's a difference. Maybe they're like Syracuse. Wow. Oh, that one hurts, and that was a bad thing to say. we got to take a break. But still. we got to take a break. Yeah. Uh, When we come back, though, we're talking basketball. Basketball tonight against the Mountain Hawks. Get amped. Uh, But first, let me tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Syracuse basketball is back. Get excited. Get your football woes out of here. It's time to talk basketball, Owen, okay? It's a clean slate. Monday night. Get pumped, okay? I need you to turn that frown upside down and get happy because Syracuse hosts the Mountain Hawks. I'm excited for Syracuse basketball this season. There's a lot to be excited about whole bunch of freshmen coming in, hopefully some wins. Will you be disappointed at times? Maybe. I can't guarantee that you won't, but I can say that you should be excited. Yes, a blank slate, right? Something to be excited about, something new to look at. Uh, And, you know, football season made it longer than we thought it would in terms of the conversation this year. And now it's time for basketball. It is here. It is time to get excited. I will be there tonight. I will, you know, hopefully be able to rip off a few tweets, send some things out, uh, get some content out from the Dome. I am pumped to be there. Love season openers, fresh starts, new opportunity, typically a win. I think Bayheim is, what, 41-5 and five in season openers uh, in his career. I expect a win, I think, as everybody does, as Syracuse plays Lehigh. But I do love the blank slate. And it's a very different blank slate this year, as you talked about, with the new faces. And there being that many new guys and that many new key contributors that are going to have to be big-time players and step into major roles uh, for the Orange. So I, I think there is a very, very exciting blank slate and an exciting opportunity to sort of rekindle the energy that was able to build up through September and October and now channel that towards Syracuse basketball. Uh, and get excited for the uh, the first game of the year, which I think, you know, should should show us some things a little bit more about these new faces, but still a lot to learn about, you know, what this Syracuse basketball identity is, uh, given the fact that you you have as many new guys and as many new, you know, key players and role players that will be, you know, touching the court tomorrow night or tonight at the uh, at the time this comes out. We thought about doing predictions, but I'm not a huge fan of basketball point prediction, like specific point, because like who the heck can possibly like you're never going to get that right for football. Like at least there's a chance you can get it right. 
basketball, you're not going to be like 83, 67. Like, there's no way it's going to happen. Um, so then we were going to think about doing the spread, but it's like 19 points. So yeah, I'm just going to say Syracuse, I think they're going to win. Me too. Me too. What are you... I guess we'll we'll pull some football content from this one. Like, what are you? What do you want to see tomorrow or tonight in this game? Honestly, I want to see like, like cohesive basketball. That was the one thing that was like not there during the exhibition games. Like that first exhibition game when they were losing, it was honestly all due in part to the fact that they were all over the place. Nobody knew exactly what to do. Judah Mintz got the ball and shot it. Uh, same thing with Chris Bell. It just. No, it was so erratic. I would like them to just have a game plan, be obvious, which I, I know I'm asking a lot when it comes to Syracuse basketball offense having a game plan because it almost never does. But even if it's just give the ball to Jesse Edwards and have him dunk the ball, I'm okay with that. That's fine with me. Just yeah. show me that there's a plan. I just want there to be a plan because when you have a veteran team like you did last year, you don't always need a plan because you can fall back on your first option being buddy. And then if you don't have that, go to another shooter. Cole Swider can make something happen, maybe. But now when it's six freshmen, you need a plan. You can't just be like, go get them. Like, it's just not going to work. Uh, so I hope that Jimmy B shows up and he's got a plan on offense and they execute it and they look way better than we thought they were going to look, uh, despite what we saw in those exhibition games. Yeah, I, I'm really going to look at the offense in this game and see how that ball moves and sort of the rotations that you're going to see and sort of seeing what you can come to expect from this group in terms of scoring, in terms of ball movement. Obviously you want this ball to funnel through Jesse and funnel in towards Jesse a lot because of what he can do. Uh, but you, you also, you want to see this ball move. You want, you've got shooters, you've got guys that can, can knock down threes. Uh, I want to see what Gerard does in, you know, game one, in this new role, sort of going back to where I think he should be as a two guard and seeing how he does in that regard. And Judah obviously has shown those flashes all through the exhibition games. You know, what can he do offensively? I want to see this this team work out offensively and, and move the ball well and, and give everyone shots and just sort of funnel to what ends up being the open man. Uh, I'm interested in the rotation as well. Obviously, we've got some ideas uh, Syracuse is supposed to win this game by 19 or more, possibly. Who knows? It's a 19-point spread right now. So I think you're going to see a lot of players in for Syracuse. But I am curious in that sort of first 10-minute stretch, what do you see? I think you're going to expect that that same starting five. When you look at Judah at the one, Gerard at the two, Chris Bell at the three, Benny Williams at the four, and Jesse at the five. But in that first 10, 15 minutes, you know, who cycles in? Obviously, Taylor off the bench is what you're expecting. But when does Symer come in? When does that situation sort of happen? Quidier Copeland, where do his minutes come from? Uh, and who do they sort of pair him up with? And then obviously looking at, you know, some of that, I guess, the third tier of guys that can come in and also contribute in terms of yeah, the rotations like are Hema really or Peter Carey or Malik Brown. Also, the question that we had after the first exhibition game, who's going to be the main backup for Jesse? Is it going to be Peter Carey? Is it going to be Monir Hima? Um, I don't know. I suppose we'll find out. I'm kind of, I kind of think it's going to be Munir, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know for sure. Um, 
But I guess we'll find out. And then the rotations, of course, are going to be interesting. Beheim saying he's going to run nine or ten guys. We'll see what that looks like, who gets minutes, who doesn't, who. Uh, honestly, the other thing I'm really interested in is how are Quadir Copeland and Symeer going to impact the team? Like, are they going to play the same role? Like, whenever Joe needs a break and you need somebody to come in and just provide hustle and decent defense, you bring in one of those guys? Or is one of them going to come in more than the other or some kind of thing like that? So I'm, I'm interested in that as well. But uh should be a good time. Enjoy the yeah. game, my friend. Will do. Um, but that's all we got. So thank you for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.